Welcome to Think Again, a podcast by Macquarie Asset Management, providing financial advisors with a fresh perspective and innovative insights, designed to keep you and your clients a step ahead. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Denise St. Ivany. Today, I'm joined once again by Senior Portfolio Manager, Kim Scott, from the Growth Equities team at Macquarie Asset Management. Kim, welcome back. Thanks, Denise. Glad to be here. Well, as an investment professional, I know you face nonstop noise and information overload. So how do you cut through all the noise and focus on what matters to you in investing in this portfolio? It's a great question because we have way more information coming at us than we can fundamentally use. And most of it is not relevant to the decision-making process. And I think the most important thing is to first recognize that there is more information than you really need to be a successful investor. So we try to focus on the key fundamental drivers of price movement in a stock and stay with the investment thesis that we've developed as long as it remains intact. We really try to avoid overthinking our decisions. Clearly need to make sure that if our decision is wrong, that we are that we are adjusting. Uh, but in terms of long-term investing success, frequency of decision-making does not correlate to performance. That's an interesting perspective. I appreciate that. So we've heard you talk about company balance sheets and focusing on companies with low debt. With the possibility of a Fed slowdown or possible lower rates in the next couple of years, does that change your thoughts on debt? No, it really does not change our thoughts on debt. The the aspect of of debt and balance sheet strength is a core part of our process and philosophy. Low debt focus is not a Fed or an interest rate top-down issue for us. We really think of balance sheet strength as one of the key aspects of a quality growth company. We look for companies with very profitable business models, and we want those business models to be supported by very sound capital structures. So we like companies that are profitable, they're producing cash flow, they have enough cash flow to fund their business if they need to use some debt for you know for for growth reasons that's fine, but we want them to use debt judiciously. We really don't want to be subordinate to the debt holders uh, in the in the company's capital structure as equity investors. And again, we want companies that can continue uh, to independently fund their own operations and their growth. We, we don't want them to be beholden to the, the fixed income markets uh, in order to run their business full stop. Makes sense. Makes sense. So in the past, um, we've heard you talk about the mid cap space as a little bit of the sweet spot of the domestic economy. What is it about mid-cap companies that drives the higher absolute and risk-adjusted returns? I love this question, Denise, because uh, this is a part of the equity market that really is underrepresented in investor portfolios. But this combination of strong absolute returns relative to both the small and large cap spaces and strong risk-adjusted returns alongside those absolute returns is it's pretty magical for long-term investors. And I think what we have here is a collection of companies that have moved beyond the risks of product uh, development and uh, capital structure development as small cap companies. They have they've gotten some traction you know, with their products, their services, their sales motion. 
Uh, they their capital structures are, you know, are more in place than you see with small cap, yet they still have a lot more growth ahead of them than the larger cap companies do. So more growth than large cap is what sort of drives some of those absolute returns, the, 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 the stronger capital structures and more traction in products and services is, is part of what drives some of that risk-adjusted return aspect, I think. So uh, really, again, a space that is very productive for investors, and uh, it just represents uh, all that is really strong in our economy and growing, and that's why we call it the sweet spot of our economy. Good. Well, we talk about diversification across three buckets. Can you explain what those are and what the benefits are? Yes, this is a really important part of our portfolio construction, and it, it is actually something that we didn't start out saying we're going to do it this way, but it was a natural um, sort of uh, impact of how we think about investing, how we think about opportunity, how we think about risk management. And within this, this bucket of growth approach, we look at three key types of growth stocks, stable growth companies, which is usually the largest part of the portfolio, greenfield growth companies, which are much more innovative companies, faster growing than stable. The stable companies are gr growing very nicely, but the greenfield growers tend to be growing more quickly. And then unrecognized growth companies where for whatever reason, a, a company that might've been growing at a nice clip in the mid cap space had a speed bump for some reason or made a mistake in in a product launch you know what whatever their growth has backed off and investors are very distrusting of their ability to grow again when we can find companies in that bucket that are reasserting their growth through changes in management changes in the industry changes in their products uh, there can be some pretty nice returns in that area of of the buckets and you know these three buckets they're really geared toward finding opportunity for growth uh, and and generating return around that growth and 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 also managing risk in the portfolio. We don't ever want to park our investors in just one corner of growth. We want to find the best combination of growth and valuation that we can find. So we do this on a stock by stock basis. We don't have a a a assigned amount of allocation across these buckets, they fall into general percentages, uh, but we really are looking for the best combination on a stock-by-stock -stock basis of growth and valuation and delivering return through those opportunities and risk management by being diversified prudently for our investors. So Kim, I was recently talking with uh, a group of FAs, financial advisors, and we were commenting about how technology has really changed over the years in that it used to be considered more of a risky portfolio. Only you know high growth investors would want to be invested in technology. But now it feels like a core part of everyone's portfolio. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the technology space. Great question. I, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of, uh, of things to discuss here. The technology is fundamentally important, not only to every investor's portfolio, but to every investor's portfolio, because it's fundamentally important to our economy, both domestically and globally. I, I think the economy runs on the rails of technology and all of the innovation that technology uh, brings about we just don't do anything uh, in our daily in our daily lives without 
technology as the, the basis for, for most of it. And, and so when you think about how it was considered riskier in previous times, there were a few reasons for that. One, these were very fast growing companies with very high valuations. Sometimes the business models were still, uh, you know, the classic business model under construction, still, still getting to uh, it, its mature state. And while not everything is mature in technology across this industry, business models tend to be uh, very strong, very high margins, lots of cash flow generation in profitable companies. There are always those companies that are not profitable, not producing cash flow, but across this vast part of our economy, there are many very strong business models. So business model risk is not the problem in most technology companies. And cyclical risk in their business is still a problem, but it's not the problem the way it was in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, where there were a lot of product cycles that were happening as, as innovation cycles were, you know, semiconductors having a cycle and then falling off as demand was met. We just don't see those cycles to that extent anymore. So that type of risk while still there is not as extreme. When we do see risk in this area, it tends to be valuation risk. And we saw that uh, in great measure in 2021 during the pandemic, which is why we saw technology perform less well last year. It, it is just fundamentally an important part of the economy. So it should fundamentally be an important part of an investor's portfolio. And we like semiconductors as the proverbial quote unquote hardware plays. And there's just a plethora of terrific software companies uh, that are working uh, in sync with these semiconductors. And I'll just say one more thing, technology and the opportunity to own technology does not just reside in the techno information technology sector. We see opportunities to own healthcare technology, to own industrial technology, these three spaces, as of the recent Russell reconstitution, are now 63% of our index. So th this, this combination of information technology, healthcare technology, industrials, and in, 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 case, in that case, you get a lot of technology in these industrial companies, uh, just provide tremendous investing opportunities for growth investors. And again, uh, pretty fun to be an investor in the mid-cap space and to unearth these opportunities. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Well, all of that makes a lot of sense. And that brings us to about our time here today. So I wanted to thank you for sharing your thoughts with us today, Kim. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Well, remember, you can always get more insights from our investment team on our website. Just visit DelawareFunds.com to learn more. And of course, please join us next time as we discuss another topic for investors to consider. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for more information on topics from this episode. And be sure to subscribe to Think Again, wherever you get your podcasts. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial 
financial service. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objective will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation, and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy of completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Macquarie Asset Management is a full-service asset manager offering a diverse range of products across public and private markets, including fixed income, equities, multi-asset solutions, private credit, infrastructure, renewables, natural assets, real estate, and asset finance. The public investment business is a part of Macquarie Asset Management and includes investment products and advisory services distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors, LP, a registered broker slash dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission Registered Investment Advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of MIMBT. Macquarie Group refers to Macquarie Group Limited and its subsidiaries and affiliates worldwide. Delaware Funds by Macquarie refers to certain investment solutions that Macquarie Asset Management Public Investments distributes, offers, refers, or advises. Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, any Macquarie Group entity noted in this podcast is not an authorized deposit-taking institution for the purposes of the Banking Act 1959. The obligations of these other Macquarie Group entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank. Macquarie Bank does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these Macquarie Group entities. In addition, if this podcast relates to an investment, the investor is subject to investment risk, including possible delays in repayment and loss of income and principal invested, and none of the Macquarie Bank or any other Macquarie Group entity guarantees any particular rate of return on or the performance of the investment, nor do they guarantee repayment of capital in respect of the investment. 